Hello and welcome to our live stream on YouTube and also on the Facebook group, Your Spiritual Journey. Remember, we are live every Sunday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, United States, although we have people looking at us from all over the world. Before I start, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please hit the bell and hit the like button. It all helps us spread Spiritism throughout the world, where Spiritism is the doctrine that talks about love and talks about reincarnation and karma and how we go through life after life in our quest to become a pure spirit. We're here on earth to take out our primitive emotions and replace those with more advanced loving emotions. We take out the hate, the jealousy, we put in love and fraternity and charity. That is why Spiritism is here. It was codified in the 1850s by Allan Kardec called The Great Codifier. And what happened with Allan Kardec, let me show you his book. So this is really the book you'd like to see. And um, to start with, if you're interested in Spiritism, and you can find Allan Kardec, The Spirit's Book, on all on PDF for free. Of course, you can buy it on Amazon, or there's a link on my website, uh, nwspiritism.com. You click his picture, it'll take you to a bookstore. You can buy the book from there also. And what he did is he asked a series of 1,019 questions from different mediums in different locations and did not use the answers unless they were the same or similar. And that's how he codified the Spirit's book. And from there, everything started. It was uh, just, to me, it was just a, a revelation when I read that. It was, okay, now I understand. Now I understand what I've always thought of in life. And now it makes sense why there, there are chaotic things happening, why bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people, because there's there's things we don't know, the, the backstory is our previous lives, what, what we are paying for, what, what do we must learn in this life, and the complexity of the spirit world and how they they guide our events and, you know, quite frankly, manipulate us into certain trials and tribulations is a wonder to behold. Now, in this series of Sundays lately, I've been talking about a young woman named Patricia. And Patricia died at the age of 19. She was raised in a spiritist family. So then when she passed over, she was helped and guided to this small colony above her city in Minas Gerais in Brazil. And it was called San Sebastian. And this is her story. It's very not a big book it's very nicely written easy to follow and it's a but just like all sorts of hidden nuggets and interesting things oh look at that someone's coming in from belfast in northern ireland welcome aboard km so we will now go through uh the violets we'll go through the book chapter 13 the school in heaven now remember so patricia came she was met by her grandmother who helped her get get settled in and in the previous chapters talked about the volatation which is movement by thought and how she learned and now she's ready she's actually ready she wants to do work right leisure is only fun for so long i don't know about you but you know if i go you know to the beach or whatever some people can just lay on the beach forever me you know i can do that for a couple hours but then it gets old fast so here she wants work to do. So let's let's start. Two days later, Mauricio took me to the school. The school was situated in a vast area. 
when incarnated, I learned, with Spiritism about schools in the spiritual plane. That means when she was learning about, when she was with her family on Earth, they, they told her about schools because there's been many books written by Chico Xavier, Leon Denis, the Reverend Jibao Owen about schools in the spiritual plane. I have good and bad news for some people. It depends on what you like. Heaven isn't the eternal leisure, you know, that some people think it is. Heaven is when we go to heaven, heaven wants us to be still intellectually curious and really, you know, want to do work as serving uh, because it gives us joy. And if you can get that attitude here while you're on earth, it, you are just set up much better. So he says, you know, I, I learned about schools when in the, in the, uh, in, when I was an incarnate with references to learning discarnates get, but I knew little about what this learning could be. Those who love to learn usually get interested in these schools. There are schools in all colonies and they are always big and welcoming. The one I am describing at San Sebastian colony is beautiful and is in the area with several buildings divided into wings designated by letters. Its objective is very clear and should be the same always in all the planes to instruct. It has courses on general knowledge, but the main teaching is about the gospel, the, Christ, the Christian morality. There are many courses designed to teach us how to live as a discarnate, like the ones I took about volatating and nourishment. These have specific duration. Of course, when she went about volatating, that is moving by thought. I told her how to get her mind so that she can visualize on a, uh, you know, her end target. And then she can, instead of walking there, she just visualized there and she is there. So it tells us, what does that tell us? That, that you can volatate. It tells us that the spirit world is a logical construct. It tells us that you can, you can visualize the state you want to be in and then have you put into that state. When I say state is, I want to be in the state of being on, in the middle of Disneyland in Anaheim, California. And then you, you, you go there. I want to be a state on being on top of the Matterhorn in Switzerland. Then you, then the surroundings around you, right? The, the data that is part of your logical construct, you, you change it with your mind. Now, this is like a, this is like a software kind of virus that is, that has intelligence and it can change the software about them. This is why this, the, the spirit world is so much more fantastic than any of us you can imagine. I mean, in the, the most weird, you know, out of their fantasy books, it's just is you have much more power. Of course, to have that power, you have to go through what we're going through now, right? Because do you want a spirit in there that has the key to almost anything in the universe? that they can create or maybe even, uh, you know, destruct instead of construct. No, you want someone who has all the right attributes and attitudes and will always do for the good. And that's why we're being trained. This is, this is the great secret. This is why we have karma and reincarnation. We can go through life after life, learning, learning how to be a better person. And in, re in return, when we go to heaven, we become educated. We go to schools like the ones they're talking about and therefore and therefore then as you go from level to level in heaven you will be given more and more power and more and more attributes to use in your toolbox and i'll talk about this as we go on now we have a 
Well, this is interesting. So let's look at this comment. This is my partner passed away almost two years ago. She would often visit me in the dream state and tell me she's been studying. Looking forward to this chapter. So again, so this is, here is confirmation from other points. This is what I love about when I read things about near-death experiences. In fact, I have a book uh, about near-death experiences, and I, my interpretation of near-death experiences. And it's, when you interpret them by spiritism, it, everything becomes more clear. People have visions and, and you start and spiritism gives you the backstory of what people are actually seeing. So let's let's carry on. And I thought that would be very interesting. Yes. So and people study and there is a very complex group. So let's go about what she sees in her school and then I'll expand more about it in the spirit world in general. So the one I am describing at the San Sebastian colony is beautiful and is in an area of several buildings. I said that, okay. It has the main teachings on Christian morality. There are many courses designed to teach us how to live, as I said, uh, volatation and nourishment. And of course, and nourishment is you don't need solid food. You can just breathe in the air, drink the water if you feel like it, because your body is in this etheric state and you need a lot less energy to keep going. So then she says, only a few teachers and counselors live in the school. In the Saint, in the Saint Sebastian colony, the dwellings at the school are reserved mostly for boarders. Many students live there while taking courses. There are yards and gardens between the buildings. The entire school is surrounded by many trees and delightful flowery courts with benches where students may review subject matters, study, exchange ideas, and hold stimulating conversations. Mauricio and I went to Area D. While we walked, he kept clarifying things for me. This is what he said. All the classrooms in, for this colony are in this area. The courses go up to a certain level, and once completed, the students may continue their studies by transferring to bigger colonies or to higher education colonies. And he says, and she asks, are there many who want to study? And the answer is, unfortunately not. Although everything is made easier here, one cannot use the same excuse used by incarnates for not studying. Still, only a few of the residents study and only a small percentage of the students go on to higher education. One studies for the sake of acquiring knowledge. And then she goes, how are the schools in the higher education colonies? Well, he said, we call them higher education colonies, even though each one has its own name. They are comparable to colleges and universities for incarnate people, encompassing higher knowledge in various sciences. These colonies are just school campuses, or rather, they are only places for study and research, besides having dwellings for the professors and the students. So let, let's expound on that about education and how everything is organized. Now, and I go through in great detail in my book, Spirits and the Spirit Universe. And a lot of this information was given to us by the Reverend G. Val Owen, who communicated with different groups of spirits in the early 20th century. And, and so what Patricia is telling us in this book, Violets on the Window, com corresponds completely to what the spirits told Reverend G. Val Owen, but they gave us a bigger picture. So let's look at the bigger picture before we dwell into this one instance of the school on a lower level of heaven. So what the spirits told Reverend Javallon, there's many levels of heaven. They said, we're gonna use 10 levels. Other people use different numbers of levels, but for purposes of talking to you, we'll use 10. And he goes, so you know, don't take this as, as you know, 
completely true that everyone talks about 10, but we'll give you 10. So what they said is, and it's just like this person who asked, you know, their, their partner, they're talking to, they're saying they're studying. So what happens in these small colonies like San Sebastian, they have schools. Then when you finish there, you go to a larger colony and you go to another school and eventually you go to the main city on whatever level you're at or geographical location you're at. You go to that main city and you, you study in that, in that college. Now, at the same time, so to rise in heaven from level to level, you learn, right? You have to learn, but you also have to, you have to fix your personality and your character. You have to ingest yourself with, with love and charity and fraternity. So you need to balance both things. So let's say you have things balanced. Now, when you graduate and you said, okay, I think you're ready to go to the next level. You don't get a piece of paper, right? What you do is you are, you are transformed. And what, what do I mean by transform? So remember, we are logical constructs, we are energy. Of course, we have, we have the appearance of a person because we, in these levels of heaven around the earth, we use our paraspirit to make us look like normal people. And of course, that's why, and of course, when you go higher and higher, a person becomes less matter and more energy. The ratio of energy to matter becomes higher as you go higher in heaven. And that is why when a person, let's say on this first level, San Sebastian, sees someone from a higher level, they look all bright. And this is why people have had visions on earth of angels because they think they have wings because it's really the brightness emanating from their body because they have energy. But the brightness of what spirits tell us is the love of God reflecting from them. So the more love you have and the means the higher uh, spiritual hierarchy you are in heaven, the more you reflect that love. If you're on the same level as that angel you saw, that person would just like look like a normal person. So you would be then transformed into more energy, less matter every time you graduate from one level to another. And therefore you would, you would, in each, then you would do the same thing again. You'd be in a little colony or whatever you were. If you, if, if you wanted to stay there and not study, just like Mauricio was telling Patricia, well, not many people study here. Uh, you don't have to, right? You have free will. They're not going to force you. You can park yourself at a level for, for as long as you want, but then they would study. Now, let me give you one example before we carry on of someone studying at one of the lower levels of heaven. So in the books by G. Val Owen, which I relay here and I examine and I correspond with other, other spiritist writings in spirit and spirit universe, G. Val Owen's mother communicates with him and says, yeah, I, I'm on one of the lower levels of heaven and we were studying how to use our mind. And we are a group of people we, and we were told to visualize a statue of an elephant. And so they all went and they started visualizing an elephant, uh, a statue of an elephant on this, on this empty pedestal and said, well, it looked kind of weird because it was kind of, part of it was alive and part of it looked like a statue and part of it looked like a woolly mammoth and part of it, you know, looked like a regular elephant. And we, we all kind of laughed, but you know, we did create something. And they also had these dials there and it showed them as they were creating. And um, you know, it wasn't because it was showing them the percentages and how they were using universal fluid to create this. Now, this is 
I don't want to get too deep in this subject. I get into other other articles and so forth. But universal fluid is you use that with your mind to fashion it to create whatever you want. Of course, now the buildings in the San Sebastian colony were created by spirits using their mind. But that is one of the schools in uh, heaven. Now let's talk about the school as described by Patricia. So he was just saying that that um, he talked about higher education colonies. So then she asked Mauricio, if a student asks me something I don't know, what do I do? And he says, you simply say you don't know and you'll get the answer later. Don't worry, you'll only be teaching Portuguese and mathematics. They'll ask more in the gospel initiation and Christian morality classes given by experienced teachers who also serve as counselors and solve any problem a student may have. Now I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Mrs. Dearcy, the coordinator for the D Annex. And she says the D wing faces a yard and as in the other schools, everything was very clean and painted in light colors. Mauricio knocked at a door on which there was a sign saying guidance office. Mrs. Dearcy opened the door and greeted us cheerfully. And she said, hi, Patricia. How nice it is to have you with us. Mauricio, you can go if you want to. See you later. So you, Patricia, you'll stay with me and I'll show you the method we used in the adult literacy program. So now Patricia wrote, the, wrote this book and it was probably earlier in her time in Brazil. I, know I forgot exactly when she died, but there were still uh, quite a few people who were not literate. Now you're asking, you know, if, there, if you've had reincarnation, didn't they know how to read in some previous life? Which makes a total sense. Well, the answer is when people newly come over, they don't have the memory of their previous life. They have just the memory of their current life, the life they just had. M many of them don't retain that or get allowed access to that memory until they are ready for it. Because you must, you must think that we have probably done very horrible things and we don't want people dwelling on bad past news. We want people going to the forward. So she is probably teaching them how to read and write and helping them. And then at some point in time, if they've ever been literate, they'll, that will all come back to them. So then she says, we went to a well-appointed yet simple guidance office. Mrs. Dearcy was very enthusiastic about the program as she explained it to me. I was delighted with their simple and practical teaching method. The class outline was planned and ready for the teacher. I observed Mrs. Dearcy attentively while she talked with so much excitement about the school and the students. She was aware of my thoughts, yet I was not surprised since the majority here can read minds. Delicately, she said to me, I love to teach Patricia. I love what I do and I love the school. Come, I'll show you the rest of the wing. All the classrooms faced the patio. There were classrooms of several sizes in the school, but in this wing, all were small for a maximum of 15 pupils each, thus making the learning easier. Mrs. Dearcy knocked at the door of one of the classrooms and said, this is, the, this is the classroom you're going to work. The door opened and a teacher greeted us smiling. Mrs. Dearcy introduced me to him and to the students. And Mrs. Dearcy said, this is Patricia. She's replacing Mr. Clovis and who's now going on a leave of absence. And Patricia wrote, I liked them all right away and they felt they also liked me. As soon as I met everyone, we, we left. Mrs. Dearcy continue, continued to inform me. 
Mr. Clovis asked for leave of absence for family reasons, which is why you'll replace him. And I thought that asked for leave of absence sounded rather strange. And then Mrs. Dearcy explained. This is what she said. Patricia, every service is a learning experience, not a sacrifice. We try, try to serve with love. Obviously, when we assume responsibilities, we can't leave without asking our superiors, superiors for permission. And when we do it, it's always for a good reason. You'll substitute Mr. Clovis, who has been with us for three years. He asked us to leave so he can try and help his son and his incarnated family. His son has passed away and is wandering around suffering. Such a request is common over here. Your grandmother asked for a leave of absence from her work so she could be with you. And then Patricia said, well, everything is so well organized. And she, and she says, then she said, I took the curriculum home to familiarize myself with it since I would start teaching the next day. After reading it carefully, I planned how to best cover the material. I was at school early the next day, well before starting time. I met the other teachers from the D wing. Everyone was nice and friendly and I was very happy to be there. Lenita, one of the teachers offered to guide me in anything I might need. I liked her instantly and we became good friends. There was a total of 12 students in my class. They were simple people, men and women, who were somewhat quiet and timid. We did not use titles such as Mr. or Mrs. Formal politeness was only used to address Mrs. Darcy. The students did not call me Miss, they just used you. So let's stop there for a second before we go on how she taught the class and let's talk about other classes. So I, I talked about the Reverend G. Vallon's mother telling about how she, how she learned how to create with her mind. Now she took other classes and she went to kind of higher schools and there were schools. Now this is a very basic school that Patricia is teaching. I think at the very low level of, of, of heavens, but at higher schools, they would do research on different colors and hues and how colors and hues would fit on the earth. And if they did not fit on the earth, they may fit and do what good things on other planets. And then those researches that the progress of those researches, would be sent to other colleges on in at bigger cities and faculties and colleges in, in the uh, level of heaven. And then they would decide where they could be used and do they go up in higher levels. So everything there's people are always doing research and, and planning, helping other levels. And then when you go to school, it's not like you're in the classroom. If you go to school on a, on one of the levels of heaven, it's not like, you just go to the classroom like uh, here's like an exception you're just learning how to read and write but if you're doing something like you're learning about how to create or you're learning about the lower zone you'll actually you'll go and you'll do things right you will create you will go on field trips and missions with people under the lower zone it's very interactive you'll be taught by you, a lot of times with teachers from higher levels who will come and want to teach you things and and contribute to that level of heaven because that's how people are. People are nice. You, you, you're with great students. You're with great teachers. Everyone is supportive. Now, if that sounds like heaven. It's because it is, right? It's unlike, you know, every so often I always tell people, you know, heaven is like that one job that hopefully everybody's had in their lifetime where you just wanted to get to work and everyone worked together and you're working for the same, you know, the same goal and everyone supported each other. And that's really what heaven's like, because that's how it works, right? You don't get into heaven unless you're that type of person who, are, you know, you don't have to be a saint, right? I've said this many times, 
You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be supportive. You have to be, you know, you just have to be at least a nice person and not be one that wants to take advantage of other people or, and also not one that is too tied to materialism on earth, that you're not too tied to your, your car, your picture, your, your house, your property, your gold you have stashed away. You have to let that go because all that is temporary, right? Anything you have on earth, the whole earth at someday will pass away. That's why it's good when you're thinking about you're here on this earth. And it's good for you when you're going through your trials and tribulations to step back and think, oh, you know what? I'm immortal. I'm going to be alive forever. And if I don't like my life here and I didn't reach one of my goals here, I never got to be an artist or a doctor or whatever. I can pray and meditate and I can ask to be something like that in my next life because you'll be have all sorts of experiences. You'll have all ranges of experiences. So that's why you can always dream just because you're old and you know, you really think you've, you've, you know, you don't want to go to school anymore and you've reached the end of what you think your life is. That's nothing. That's nothing. It's just a blip in time. You have, you have more planets and, lives and who knows where you'll be you'll be in different countries different classes different races you'll be all over the place so so then she says i was at school early the next day well before starting time i met the other teachers from the d wing so there was a total of 12 students so i started the class and soon we were well acquainted with each other usually i would have to repeat the explanations and the correct and correct our notebooks each at a time. I had to be very patient, but it was a genuine pleasure to teach them. They were never discouraged and really wanted to learn. Lenita lived near my grandmother's house, but we could only come back together since she taught two different periods and therefore we had to go to school at different times. We used to talk a lot, a lot like me. She passed away young at only 20. She was intelligent, a, poet, a poetess, and we had the same goals and interests. She was light-skinned and wore her hair in a long braid, thrown aside down to her waistline and looking very attractive. Talking about beauty, most of the residents of the colony were beautiful people. I think there are two reasons for this. First, we start seeing them as loved brothers and sisters. And second, because they are peaceful at heart, maintaining good balance and trying to harmonize themselves, being fine within, these people are pleasant and beautiful outside. So let's talk about this. So let's, what the spirits told the Reverend G. Valum is that when you go to a level of heaven, is that if you're young when you pass away, you become a little bit older. Like if you're 14 or 15, you become maybe in your mid-20s. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you might become in, you know, it depends where you want. You can be in your mid-20s, 30s, or 40s, whatever you think you should look like. So, yes, she's right that they're, they're good balance and they're harmonizing themselves, and that shows in their inner beauty, but also is the fact that you start to look as you want to look, right? Your mind will will fashion your your outside perispirit. This one woman had a near-death experience, and she was taken to this room where people just newly died. And she was talking to this red-haired kind of lady in her 40s, and she had just died. And as she was talking to her, she goes, she says, I noticed her hair was looking longer and brighter and her skin was looking smoother and younger. And that's because, and she wasn't doing this consciously, right? And this is, this is the power of the spirit world is that we, they will shape, will shape our environment without, without even knowing that. 
And in fact, the spirits have told Jivaon uh, is that uh, spirits, when they come to the spirit world, don't really realize the, the power they have, even in the lower levels of controlling their environment. And that's because it looks so real. But I've been in mediums meetings where, where spirits are saying, am I dead? You know, this is, of course, that's why the spirits took him to this mediums meeting is so they would know that they actually passed away. As many people don't realize it. A uh, medium I talked to, and she was from Oregon, and we had sent emails back and forth and told me that when she remembered one of her jobs, when she was in the spirit world, was helping people pass away, helping people as they, as they were gone. And she was talking about this one time where she met this man on the beach. And he said he was probably in the 1800s because he had that type of clothes on and he'd actually died by a big wave, I think, going over their sailing ship and he fell overboard and drowned. And he was on the beach and he, and, and he said, and he ordered me about, because he, he said, she said he was one of those guys that was just used to barking orders. And he talked to me and said how incompetent people were that there should be, you know, there should be a carriage awaiting for him on the beach. And then, and then she, and then she, you know, she just kind of smiled and goes, yeah, there'll be a carriage. And she goes, but you know where you are? He goes, well, I'm on the beach. And then she said, well, do you know, he goes, why is your, why are your clothes dry? He goes, oh yeah, I'm not quite sure. He goes, are you hungry? No. He goes, is the weather fine? Yes. And then it, it, she said, the light went on and he said, oh, I'm dead. And then they talked and says, yes. And they said, now look over there. And then all of a sudden he could see, he could see the colony where he was going to end up. Now, so that, that's just, this is the, this is the real reality, right? We live in this, this um, objective world. And this is why it's so hard to think about the spirit world where it's subjective. You kind of make the world as you want it. Whereas this world, the table's the table, right? I'm, my hair's, you know, my hair's falling out. I'm getting, I have to watch my weight. All those things, I'm getting older by the day. In the spirit world, my hair will look like the way I want it to be. You know, I, I, <laughs> it is, I can eat whatever I want or hopefully don't eat, right? My weight will be the way it is because I'm, I, I visualize myself in that way. And I connect with everyone. I can read people's minds and I can volatate. I can move where I want to be. And that is so different. And that's, that's why I love describing this because the more you understand the difference between the subjective world, which is the spirit world, and the objective world, which is the physical world, the more you understand why we're going through what we are. Now, so let me explain that just for a moment. In the spirit world, is, is if you're in a level of heaven, it's not a good place to really deeply modify your character and personality. Now, why do I say that? Because you're surrounded by love. There's not much stress there. There's intellectual discovery, but to really change your character and personality, and I think we all know this, although we would like to deny it, uh, that we can change just because people say, oh, I think that's not a, bad, a good idea. You, you need some sort of suffering. Not always, not a rule, right? But that's why people go through trials that are pretty severe. And I always tell people, you're going through a severe trial 
because most probably you went through more subtle trials, but you didn't learn the lesson. I know I have gone through pretty hard trials because I was very stubborn and thinking I knew better than anybody else. And therefore, guess what? You get, they'll find the level of which they'll grab your attention, right? It's you know, like the old school class, right? I didn't like to say this, but you know, some kid wasn't paying attention. The teacher put the ruler on their hand. Oh, pay attention. Well, that kind of, you know, solve that. Well, kind of the same things happen. It's, you know, the ruler's meant with love and meant for edification, but that's why we go through these trials. So anyway, we talk about, so people look the way they want to. And of course, now down in the lower zone where they have jealousy and selfishness, they don't look that well. In fact, they look sometimes pretty bad. And you go even further down and these people who act and feel they are monsters will actually look like monsters. Or and I believe a lot of this is where the myths of werewolves and these other you know things in the night, where people had these visions and maybe dreams of these spirits who were not very good looking because they were not very good people. So then she was talking to um, Lenita, and Lenita said, "Patricia, I took the course you're going to take. It's wonderful. You'll like it." And she was always encouraging and complimenting everybody, but she didn't like to talk about herself. So I had to insist for her to tell me her story. So this is Lenita's story. I passed away many years ago. I was murdered. It was very sad, cruel, and I suffered a lot. I had been engaged at the time. I was loved and was loved in return. Coming home from work one late afternoon, a man grabbed me, tied me, covered my mouth, and took me to a secluded place. He then raped me, wounded me with a knife, and left me in a ditch. I passed away in a lot of pain and agony. Rescuers released me from my carnal body and took me to a rescue station. I thought I was still alive, incarnated, and didn't believe them, not even wanting to consider that I had passed away. I fooled myself so well that I even forgot what had happened to me. I just wanted to get better and return to my family. The rescuers didn't force me to go with them, so I ran away to my terrestrial home. I hear this on many, many stories. I was very disappointed and hurt when I arrived there. Nothing was like bef before. My, my fiancé didn't even miss me and was already dating someone else. I felt I was going mad. So the time frame had already changed for her. She might have been in that state quite a long time, but she didn't realize it. I was sad sad wandering aimlessly and my wounds came back only then i understood that i had actually passed away i asked god with all my heart to help me and again i was rescued this time i had no illusions but was sad and hurt so i had to undergo a long treatment to fully recover i was rebellious thinking about the harm done to me and the thought of the evil barbaric act would send me into crisis of despair it was necessary for them to make me remember part of my past, another existence, where I saw clearly what provoked that reaction. In the past, I had been a merchant of young and beautiful female slaves, and I'd sell them to men of bad instincts. After I was cured and well-balanced, I came to the colony to study and to work. Today I'm happy. My sad story doesn't bother me anymore. And then Patricia said, do you, did you find out who murdered you? And she said, yes, I did. Even when I was a state of absolute loathing, I didn't want revenge. I was more hurt by the cruelty of the act than by him. Specifically, 
I was able to forgive him promptly. This brother who took my physical life suffered a lot. He wasn't arrested, but the consequences of his errors came back to him soon. He suffered much while incarnated as he suffers now as a discarnated. So let's go talk about that for a second. So she, she is pretty smart. She went and said, okay, and they helped her. So this is why you were murdered. And then she said, in the past, I've been a merchant of young and beautiful female slaves. Now, think about this in many different areas of why things happen to people. Because, you know, I'm sure she was like, on her present life, she said, what a wonderful person. Oh, it's horrible she got murdered. Yes, it was horrible. But it was something she probably even signed up and didn't remember that this is something that she needed to go through. And there are stories that were a... Uh, Someone like her who, who treated women horribly would come back as a woman and then they would be treated horribly so they could see what the other side of the coin looked like. There are stories of females who treated men horribly and it would come back as men and so they could see the other side of the coin also. And I believe that's a lot, that's the reason why a lot of people are very, um, unsure of their sexual identity and it makes total sense because in their previous lives they always thought themselves as a female or male and here they are in this body like what am i doing in this body because they always felt they were one sex or the other but i think the the main thing to remember is is they're put into that situation because they have something to learn and that's why I believe it's important for people to analyze this. There's nothing wrong, you know, if it, you can't do it, you can't do it. May may have to be another life. But I'm just saying, when you go through trials and tribulations, you really want to try to analyze why you think you went to that trial and tribulation. And then and then know that what you need to learn. In fact, I wrote a book, said the problem is the solution. And we're given trials so we can analyze them and determine what we did right or wrong in the past life and what we should do right or wrong in this life. In fact, there's this book called Memoirs of a Suicide by Yvonne Pierre, which I would recommend everybody. It's a brilliant book. And it talks about Camilo Bronco, who committed suicide in 1899. And he committed suicide because he's going blind. And just like just like this woman here, he, you know, he wanted to know why he went blind. And then in this school, and it was kind of a hospital for suicides and also a school, he was taken and he was shown exactly why he was blind. And I've talked about this before, but the long story short is that he was a member of the Spanish Inquisition and tortured people and blinded people with like hot pokers in their eyes. I mean, just, you know, as bad as you can get. And yet to show you how subtle and how loving the spirit world is, he just went blind at a very late age because of syphilis. You know, and back in those days, many people, syphilis was just ravaging the whole population. So, and then there was other people, they had to find out why they went. This one man who committed suicide because he had throat cancer. And of course, back in those days, there was not even a question of a cure. So why did he have throat cancer? He had throat cancer because in a previous life, he was a slave owner in a plantation and he raped the young daughter of a slave. And that slave said, he, 
the slave actually accused him of abusing his young daughter. And of course, the young daughter was so embarrassed by that, she killed herself. And so he was so mad he was accused by the slave that he burnt his tongue out with a hot poker. So therefore, in the next life, guess what happened? He had lung, he had uh, throat cancer. Now, when he died from that original life, when he was that slave owner, he went to a horrible place in the lower zone. And it was, it was all dark and it was all his ex-slaves who had died and they would they would say bad things to him. They would try to hit him and all those, all those things. He said he felt like he was there forever until one day one of his slaves came to him and said, no, we need to get you out of here. You've suffered enough. And that slave was the one he, he took, he burned his tongue out. Now there's even more to this. He found out when he was reliving his past lives that and when he got out of that, because they were looking at his past life, and they and Camino Bronco saying it looked like a 3D movie. You're like in the middle of everything. You could see his life. You could see his thoughts, the people around him. And after he was done looking at that, this his the slave that rescued him walked onto the stage. And as he was walking onto the stage, he turned into another person. And that he turned into the father of this person who had throat cancer. That is the beauty and the love of the spirit world and, and the act of selflessness of spirits helping one another. So this man who, they also talked about why he became a slave. He was one of the generals, I think for Hadrian or, or Trajan, I can't remember which one. And he was a good general, but boy, when, you know, he tortured and killed a lot of people and therefore what happened to him? Well, guess what? This is why when people always say, I was this powerful person in my past life. And I, I say, well, you don't really want to be that powerful because the more power you have, probably the more bad you did. And I, of course, I've been told that too, that I've been in positions of power and I just thought about myself and enriching myself, not helping others. So that. I'm sure that's why I've never been able to hold on much money in this life. So let me carry on with this. Where are we in time? Okay. And then she says, did you think of helping him? This is the, the person who murdered her. And she said, yes, a short time ago, I asked permission, permission to try to help him in the umbrella, which is the lower zone, which is the lower zone is from the crust of the earth up to the lowest level of heaven. Because I went there, but he wouldn't even listen to me. When he saw me, he screamed that it was my fault. He was suffering so much that obviously I'd gone to God to complain and God threw him into hell. My counselors advised me to leave him alone. One day he'll understand, will repent sincerely, and will be rescued. I pray a lot for him. You hear this all the time. When I've been in mediums meetings, these people will just, you know, blame anybody from themselves. Of course, he being, you know, more of an ignorant spirit said, no, it's your fault. You told God on me. It's because I murdered you and raped you and left, left you in a ditch to die. It's all your fault. You know, this is, it's unbelievable what you hear in these things from these people. And um, you just never know. You just never know what people think and, you know, how they can fool themselves. So then Patricia wrote, what a wonderful lesson Lanita's story teaches us. She said, the work in the school continued to fascinate me. I dedicated myself so completely to teaching 
that excellent results were soon evident. Mrs. Darcy was happy with me and Mauricio was very proud of me when she made flattering remarks about me to him. In any event, excuse <clears throat> me, In any event, I was working, earning bonus hours. I would no longer need to depend on my grandmother and friends to go to the theater, computer rooms, or the places I like to go. I was th such a thrill to receive my first bonus hours. I was happy as a day I received my first paycheck when I was incarnated. Let's talk about that just for a minute. Bonus hours. This is something that is you can read about in the book No Solar by Chico Xavier. They have bonus hours and also here in San Sebastian. Now, I'm not sure if this is something that you don't hear about this in the higher levels of heaven. It's probably not necessary. But lower levels of heaven, I could be wrong. And in fact, the person who talked about uh, the dreams of studying, you should ask about if they have bonus hours. Be interesting. So what bonus hours are for each hour you work, you get a bonus hour. And, and so if you want to go to the theater or you really want to like own kind of as you, whatever owning is, own your little bungalow or place that you that you you know because you're not at this level of heaven you're really not competent to create your own house yet but you can own you can feel like that's yours you can pay that with bonus hours and you get and what that is is it sets you up as incentive to work now you don't have to work you can do nothing in fact in no solar the book they talk about this one woman who maybe worked a couple of months in the Four years she was there because she didn't like any of her jobs. So you don't have to because there's always a place to stay. There's always food. You, you, you can do nothing. You can be as lazy, lazy as you want. But what the spirit world does, they try and show you the benefits of going up levels of heaven. They try to show you what is waiting for you. What rewards are there? Just like here, and, and you read this over and over again is that whatever sacrifices you make here on earth, you will be rewarded a hundredfold into heaven. And again, as you go up from one level to the next, you will have more attributes and more power, power to do things that you, you need to, that you want to do for other people. And this all comes as you earn them. It, you know, it's, you don't have a right to go in the heavens, like a driver's license. You don't have the right to drive. You have to earn and, and you have to show competency in order to drive. And in fact, Chico Xavier told us that as of, as this was in the you know, late uh, 20th century, he said about 30% of the people who pass over go to heaven, one of the levels of heaven. So that means 70% are in the umbrella or, or they are in even below that, which is the abyss, which is a type of purgatory. And remember, there is no hell, hell, uh, hell meaning that you're in there forever. No, there's no, there's no eternal punishment. That would mean a very, you know, that would mean a, a God that doesn't forgive. God forgives. All God and Jesus want to do is to educate us. And when I say Jesus, for these other, other religions on earth, like Buddhism and, and so on and so forth, Buddha was <clears throat> just like Socrates and Buddha, they were uh, Jesus's ministers. So these were, so Jesus is kind of the CEO, president of, of the earth. These other people that came to earth, Zoroastro, uh, Muhammad, were on missions to teach people about, teach people how to behave. And of course, now many times, 
people, just like the Catholic Church, right, and Christianity, they took the lessons of love and forgiveness, and it kind of made it more into a power trip, right? And, and Spirit has said they've given lectures to Catholic and Protestant priests saying, look, you're not on earth to serve, to be served. You're on earth to serve. Come on, get with the program. So, you know, in fact, the um, St. Francis of Assisi reincarnated on earth to try and show the Catholic Church that serving people is your is the quest of what the church should do not being served not being in these wonderful you know cathedrals and getting money from people right when it, back then it was really uh you know uh pretty bad right they would they would sell forgiveness and all that in fact there's one very interesting scene from one of um uh, andre Luis's series of books where he met this woman in one of the uh lower zone and she and she, you know she had just got into one of these little colonies of trying to help her and she goes i don't know why i was you know being tortured and and everyone was mean to me so so much because when i died i told my son to keep you know first of all i paid enough money where the priest said i would definitely go to heaven and i told my son to keep paying money every you know every month of the church so they would say prayers for me and masses for me so i would be you know in great shape in heaven of course, that's not how it works, right? Money doesn't mean anything. In fact, if you're rich or you're a president of a company or a country, uh, that means nothing. In fact, there's things where they say where, you know, this president, a very successful person on earth was learning from someone who was like a janitor, right? It's you're here to learn. You're here to, you're here to change your personality and your character. You're not here to accumulate goods. So, Anyway, she says, I was happy as the day I received my first paycheck. The feeling of self-sufficiency, of not being a burden, of being useful, being able to cooperate is terrific. Naturally, I was not teaching for bonus hours alone, since work itself is a blessing. Still, I felt pretty important with my bonus hours, those I had earned with my labor. The things I am relating may sound like fiction to many, but what is death if not a new stage in life? So that is the end of that chapter. So I hope people enjoyed that because she reveals so much in such, in such easygoing, simple language. And so if you really want to know more about schools on or in the spirit world and in around and more how they go higher and higher and what you learn, because there are some very fantastic uh, images from there. In fact, this one, section I talk about is like on the 10th level of heaven and Jesus came and kind of opened up this pathway and the students from this college town and this high level of heaven kind of went up this pathway and then they explored in different avenues, kind of like a big convention, right? And, you know, there were different booths and they explored how life was created on other planets. What were the, what were the, the, you know, kind of the consistent rules and themes and they're saying, you know, the, the spirit world uses the theme of spirals and spirals mean that you start something like an evolution of a, of a species and they'll, they'll go around, they'll change, they'll evolve as different stimuli hit, hurt them. They may go sound, feel like they go backwards sometimes as an example, the spiral of human history where we'll have Atlantis. Then they get, then they get to a point where their technology is beyond the morality. Boom. Nope. You gotta go back. Same thing. Kind of like Roman empire. They're, they're, they they were, you know, 
cruel masters. They were supposed to be the city on the hill helping other people. No, all they wanted was money and slaves. So the dark ages, they took people back to the, back to the, to the farming, back to nature. Okay, start over again, and that's the spiral. But when they, when, when it looks like to us that things collapse, or even to ourselves, when things like, oh, we go down into the bottom, that just means that we're getting ready to go to another foundational aspect of our lap of our life to become a much better and stronger person. And and if you really want to be victorious on Earth, when these things happen to you, you really analyze them and you change. The foundation of your character and when someone does does something that you don't like or is bad to you then you think just like letitia right when she was murdered what she'd done in the past and you think that this person i forgive this person this person is just an actor in a play to provide stimulus to me so i can understand what i had done in the past and that's very important to realize and and people um it's not easy because you know we live in this in our current world and we we uh, don't like bad things happening happening to us and we don't like being uh you know being taken advantage of but that's you know that's is there to help us and here's this book i'm talking about it's the problem is the solution seven life complications sent to test and teach you so this is why you know when people say oh, i want a past life regression you don't really need that in fact uh, the past lives, your past lives is hidden from most of us, not everyone, but you don't need it because you know, people, well, if I don't know my past life, I don't know how, how do I get better? Well, the spirit world is so smart. They know the lessons to elicit the emotions and feelings for you to grow to that next level. They are much, they, they are just brilliant educators. And if it doesn't work in one life and you, re you, you refuse to learn that lesson, as I said before, you'll be given another lesson. This one may be more severe or maybe just a different angle. Something that as they understand you more, they will know more how to approach you. Anyway, I want to say everyone, God bless for being part of my program. Please subscribe, hit the like button, and I will talk to you on our next live stream. Remember, we live stream every Sunday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And thank you for people all around the world watching us tonight. God bless.